All right, well, good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord on this last Sunday of 2019. Can you believe that? I mean, time has flown by. Looking forward to what the Lord has for us in 2020. And uh, I, I praise the Lord for 2019. But I'm looking forward to what the Lord's going to do in 2020. Looking forward to that. So let's begin with a word of prayer and we'll get right started in our services. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to allow us to be out in your house this morning to worship and to praise you. Lord, I ask for your presence to be in our presence. Lord, we need you. Uh, we want to hear from heaven. Lord, may it not be just another message that uh, we hear, but Lord, may we hear uh, from, uh, from you. And Lord, pray that we would apply it to our hearts and our lives, that we may be uh, better servants for you. Lord, we ask that you would uh, just have your way and your will. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Morning. Morning. Everybody have a good week? Amen. All right, go ahead and turn over to 202. Song number 202. Let's go ahead and stand and turn over to 450. 450, as we think of this new year, we can be thankful we're a child of the King, amen? Do the first, second, and last.
gather around, shake hands, fellowship. as you make your way back to your seats, turn over to 325. 325. I want to realize that the Lord is talking to us each and every day, but also that he wishes us to spread his gospel to those around us as well. First, second, and last.
prayer hearts for us. Well, good morning. Hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas. Everybody have a good Christmas? Amen. Amen. Good. Good to hear that. Heard some great things. I heard people taking time to uh, read the Christmas story and just uh, give thanks to the Lord for all He's done. And I'm thankful for uh, thankful for how the Lord has been so good to us this year. Amen. And I'm looking forward to 2020, as I've said before. But uh, this morning, of course, it's the fifth Sunday, and usually on fifth Sundays we do the Lord's Supper, and that's uh, what we're going to do today. And uh, but I wanted to tie the fifth Sunday or the Lord's Supper into with uh, with a new year coming up and some things to uh, rededicate, to recommit to the Lord. And I believe this is the best time of the year to do that. Uh, to make some commitments to the Lord. And, and at this time of the year, we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We praise the Lord that He willingly chose to, uh, to leave the portals of glory and to take upon Him a robe of flesh and blood. And, and Jesus was born of a virgin named Mary in the lowly manger. We praise the Lord for that and we're thankful for that, uh, for His virgin birth. But I'm also thankful for the victorious death. And I say it's victorious for a reason, because uh, he was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Uh, The grave couldn't hold him, and I'm thankful for that. And the Bible foretold of uh, the Lord's uh, burial, and of his death, of his birth, and and praise God of his glorious resurrection. The Bible says in Genesis 3.15, it says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is telling about the Savior coming to crush the serpent's head, and how he was going to, uh, he was coming to this earth. Why? To to destroy uh, the old serpent. And we're thankful for that. The purpose of his birth was he, he was literally born to die. Uh, He he came, uh, the Bible says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. That was his whole purpose was to come and provide salvation for you and for me. There had to be a sacrifice uh, to make atonement for our sin. And and this could not just be any sacrifice. It had to be the ultimate sacrifice, a, a sacrifice that was without spot or blemish. And the Lord Jesus Christ was the only one that was able and he was the only one willing uh, to, uh, to come to this earth and fulfill salvation's plan and become that perfect ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. While he was here, he left the church with two ordinances, and, uh, uh, which to, uh, serves to remind us of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Of course, we're talking about baptism. When we talk about baptism as one of the ordinances, it pictures the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But also the Lord's Supper speaks of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this morning we're going to be observing the Lord's Supper and uh, at the end of service. At the end of the service, we will have an invitation time. At this time, uh, during this whole message, okay, I want you to search your heart. I, w- I don't want it just to be just another message that we hear, but I want you to right now search your heart. We're going to begin with a word of prayer. I want you to search your heart and say, God, search me. Find if there be any wicked way in me. Because I want to be right with you, Lord. 
And I believe if we will start the message off just like that and say, Lord, I know I realize there's things in my life that's not right. Lord, reveal those things to me so I can make them right this morning. I want to get right with you this morning so I am wholly acceptable unto you, which is my reasonable service. And I believe if we will all do that individually, I believe that God can move in a way that that we've never seen before in our lives. And we can experience a great revival even during the Lord's Supper, even during the last Sunday of 2019. We can experience something wonderful and something great if we will just prepare our hearts. So at this time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Search your heart. Ask God to search your heart. Prepare you for the message this morning. And I believe the Lord will work. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you once again for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, as I've prayed and as I've prayed this week, and Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would search my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. Lord, if there's things that, uh, that's unholy, that, Lord, things that are, aren't uh, right with, with you, Lord, reveal that to me now that I may get that right with you. Lord, I believe I've done my best to prepare my heart for this service. And, Lord, I ask... Lord, as I as even now, if there's something between me and man, Lord, that you would bring that to my attention, that I would be able to get that right this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would just do a great and holy work in our lives. Lord, I pray that we would not just be worried about what's coming up next, but Lord, that we would be wholly set our hearts of fire towards you this morning and ask you to uh, do a work that only you can. Lord, if, you, if we would just prepare our hearts, Lord, you will, fulfill, you will fill our cups. And Lord, we ask for that this morning. Thank you, Lord, for again all that you do. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. At the end of the service, we're going to have an invitation. But as I said before, at any time, if the Lord speaks to your heart and you feel led to come to the altar and, and uh, have, do business with God, no one else is going to be judging you. No one else is going to be saying, oh, they must be wicked, unrighteous, unholy people. No, you know what you're doing? You're, you're setting a, uh, saying, you know what, I don't care what people think. I want to be right with God. I want to be right with man. I want to make sure things are good. And you know what, I, I, I would challenge anyone, anyone, if they have bitterness in their heart, they have resentment, they need to get that taken care of right now. And if, if you're worried about what someone may say, don't worry about those things. I'll handle that. I'll take care of that. If someone says anything to you, just come tell me and I'll, I'll be the mean guy. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I've got big shoulders. I, I believe the thing of it is, is that the things that we worry about most never even come to pass. And so if you're worried about that, I tell you, I believe our, I know our, the heartbeat of our church. And I believe that every person in here... If God is dealing with your heart, every person in here would be rejoicing. Would be singing praises unto God for what He's doing. So I ask that you would just be tenderhearted this morning. Ask the Lord to do a work in your lives. Please join me in Matthew chapter number 26. We're going to be here, Matthew 26, and uh, tie in the Lord's Supper. Matthew 26, this is talking about the last time the Lord is speaking with and getting ready to eat with his disciples. The Bible says here in Matthew 26, verse 19, the Bible says, And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve, and they did eat. And he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. 
And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Now notice this part. I, I got this when I was looking over this this morning. Look at, look at this. It says, It had been better, it had been, it had been good for that man if he had not been born. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, his life that he's living now, he may enjoy it right now. But when he dies, it would have been better if he wasn't even born. You know what I believe the Lord is dealing with it here? He's saying, this man's going to be dying. He's going to spend eternity in hell. And he's going to wish he had never been born. Hell's a serious place, folks. And God is telling us here, hey, you need to heed this warning. The Bible says, Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, now notice this, this is our focus verse. Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them and saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. With this being the last Sunday of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, I believe that, that we need to redeem the time more than any other time in our lives. The Bible says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Folks, do you see the evilness in our country today? Do you see the evil, evil all over the world today? It is a wicked, wicked world we're living in right now. And we need to redeem the time. Folks, more than, now more than ever, do we need to take advantage of every opportunity we have to, and use it for the glory of God. You see, the day, is appearing, uh, the day of His appearing is closer and closer than it ever has been. And I, I was praying and preparing this week. for uh, The Lord gave me six different thoughts, six principles for the, from this text. And it's dealing with the Lord's Supper. But I believe that we can tie it in with, with uh, a new beginning, a, a resolution, a, a start of a new year. And I'd like to share with you this morning a message I've titled, For Such a Time as This. For Such a Time as This. See, I believe it's time that uh, we—it's time that we start appreciating the things that God has given to us, folks. We are—we are such a, uh, a spoiled uh, people. We are such—we are so blessed, but we are—we almost expect it. And the thing, but is, is the Bible says, that "In having food and raiment, therewith be content." But God has been so much better to us than that. Notice in our text here in Matthew 26, 26, it says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and he blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. You see, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, tying these, these, uh, uh, these verses together, the Bible says, And when he had given thanks... And when he had given thanks, I believe, folks, it's time for us to give thanks to where thanks is due. You know, I, I, this year we've, we, uh, uh, we got Christmas presents, we got things that people have given us. And, you know, I thank them for that. But, you know, ultimately, I thank the Lord for everything he gives me. 
We need to give thanks to, for the, to the Lord. He is so worthy of our praise this morning. As we approach a new year and as we concentrate on the Lord's Supper this morning, it's time that we realize how good God has been to us. See, the Bible says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. We've heard some tremendous messages lately about how wonderful, how, how wonderful and how we need to be grateful and thankful for everything that God has done for us. Even in the valley, God is good. Even through the things that we don't think are, are wonderful things, even through the, the bad times, we're to give thanks and praise to God for all that he's done. You know, we need to give thanks for his provisions. He has provided salvation for us. If you're here this morning, I, I want to challenge you. I want you to realize that Jesus Christ loves you this morning. His whole purpose for coming to this earth was to die for you. He loves you. You may have never heard that before, but Jesus Christ loves you. You say, well, I'm nobody. Why would the creator of the world, the universe, love me? I cannot explain that, but I can tell you this. Jesus loves you. And he died for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now think about this. Ponder this. It's time for us to appreciate, to give thanks unto God. But think about this. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor debt nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth, He demonstrated, He showed our lo His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Listen to me, you may say, I'm nobody. Why would God care for me? He does, and He died for you. Please understand that this morning. He's provided salvation, but He's also provided satisfaction. In this world, we search. I, I can tell you something. Every person in this world is, satis is trying, they're searching for satisfaction. That's why so many slogans, satisfaction guaranteed. That's what people, they're looking for peace and joy and happiness. And they're searching this world wide over. They're going everywhere. They're, they're trying to find it in drugs and alcohol and women and all this other things and worldliness. And they can't find it. They can't find true satisfaction until they come to the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 107.9, For he satisfies the longing soul. He filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Bible says to be to let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. That word content means satisfied. And the Bible says this, and having food and raiment, therewith be content. The Bible's teaching us that we are we are to be satisfied with what we have. If we have food and clothes, that should be good enough. But God has been even better to us than what we deserve. We need to give thanks for his provisions, but also for his presence. And I'm not going to go through all the different P's that we, we heard a message on uh, the P's, but I'm thankful for his presence more than ever in my life. I'm thankful that I'm not going through this world alone. I'm thankful. Listen to me. Hardships hit my life and heartaches hit my life and, and troubles hit my life and trials hit my life just like they do yours. 
But can I tell you that I rest assured this, this morning that God is going through that with me. I don't have to worry about what comes my way. Nothing's going to surprise Him. This will help you if you just grab a hold of this this morning. That everything that happens to me, God knew about it. Now get a hold of that. Everything that happens to me or ever will happen to me, God knows about it. And God can comfort me and give me peace through those things. Give thanks for His provisions, His presence, but also for His protection. You know it's Him that gives us protection. He's the one that protects us. The Bible says, But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. The Bible says he's our shield and our buckler, the horn of our salvation. He's the one that protects his people. I'm thankful that I don't have to worry about uh, anybody else in here protecting me. I don't have to worry about the government protecting me, the president, the Republicans, the Democrats, the independents. I don't care. I don't worry about any of them protecting me because my God is my protector. See, if we're saved, we have protection from the penalty of hell. See, that in itself is enough to rejoice. I see number one, it's time to appreciate. But number two, I believe it's time to meditate, start thinking. First one was start thinking, but this one start thinking. Matthew 26, 26 again, it says, And they, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave thanks and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is the blood, my blood of, my, of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. That word meditate means to ponder, to think upon, to remember, to recall, to call to your attention, even to mourn. And as this morning, as we start a new year, and as we think about the Lord's Supper, I believe it's time that we think about Calvary. You say, what's so special about Calvary? The Bible says in Matthew 27, 33, it says, And when they were come to, into a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and uh, upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there and set up over his head and accusation written this is Jesus the king of the Jews there then were there two thieves crucified with him one on the right hand and the other on the left and they that passed by reviled him waggling their heads and and saying thou that destroyeth the temple and buildeth it in three days save thyself if thou be the son of God come down from the cross see Calvary is a place of death it's not a it's not a desirable place, though I, I've never seen Calvary. I've never been there. I, I can picture it so vividly in my mind as I read through the scriptures and I, as I've seen pictures of it. The Bible calls it the place of the skull. Calvary means different things to men, different people. To the saved, it shows the love of God to man. To the lost, it's just another mountain. It's just another place. To the Christian, it means victory over death, hell, and the grave. To the lost, it means absolutely nothing. 
To the ever indebted sinner, it is a place of pardon. To the Christian, it's a place of justification. To the thankful, I'm thankful for Calvary this morning. Yes, it's a place that our Savior sacrificed His life for you and for me. He willingly went to the cross to bear our sins. Think about this. Now, this is what I want you to think about. Think about Calvary being a place of shame. Can you imagine our Savior hanging there? They parted His garments. They placed a sign above His head and and mocking Him, saying that He was the King of the Jews. They were reviling Him. They They were laughing at Him. They were spitting on Him. I mean, you think about this. The shame that He went through there. There Christ bore our sins. It was a place of shame for only the guilty was there. The murderer, the whoremonger, the thief. Think about being, ju- being classified in that group of people. How much shame would that bring you? I don't know about you, but I'd be shameful. I, I, I mean, I, even though he was innocent. He was innocent. He never done one sin. He he lived 33 years on this earth and never committed one sin. He had the shame of humiliation. People around him laughing and mocking. I I don't like that. I I mean, I I don't mind joking around and, and teasing with each other and stuff like that, but to laugh and mock things that he went through. They gave him vinegar mingled with gall. They, they were casting lots for his clothes and, and making mockery out of it. People were yelling and screaming at him and casting, saying, Cast yourself down if you can do so, if you're the true king. Calvary is a place of shame. It's, he had a shame of humiliation, but he had the shame of separation. Now think about this. The hardest thing our Savior did that day wasn't going through the scourging, the beating. It wasn't the nails that were pounded into his, his hands and his feet. It wasn't the, uh, the cat of nine tails. It, it was not the carrying of the cross. It was the fact that he took on our dirty, filthy, ungodly sin upon himself. And God the Father looked down at him and turned his back on him. That's why Christ said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? See, can you explain that? I can't explain everything. Brother, Brother Hagee was talking last night. He said, I, I can't explain everything about the Bible, but I tell you this. I believe it's true. Calvary is a place of shame, but also it's a place of suffering. Golgotha was a place where, where people were punished for the most horrific sins, crimes. It was said that people that hung on the cross would be tortured by the vultures that would come by and pick the flesh from their skin, from their body. The price that Christ paid was more than anyone could pay. The pain and suffering that he went through was more than anyone could take. They beat him so bad that people could not recognize him. The Bible says his visage was so marred. Now notice this, more than any man. Now do you believe every word of the Bible? I believe it. The Bible says his visage, his, visage, the, his appearance was so marred more than any man. He went through all that, folks. He went through all the pain, all the suffering because He loves you. That may not mean anything to you this morning, but it means a lot to me to know that He went through all that because He loves me. See, many times this flogging was so painful and so severe that it was deadly. 
but they could not take his life for he is life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus took uh, that day, uh, Jesus suffered that day. The suffering Jesus took that day was so bad. He took all the torture and the pain from me. And at any time, you know, he could have called out for help. He could have called and, and said, it is enough. But he took it all from me. Think about the pain that he suffered. Think about the, the people that were there. The same people that were just a week before were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, were the same people saying, crucify him, crucify him. The same people that were mocking him was the same people that he was literally dying for. Yet he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's a place of shame, place of suffering. It's a place of sorrow. The sorrow that day was unbearable. His disciples denied him. You think about this. His closest, closest people to him denied him. To me, that to have my closest friends. But you know what I think about this? Is if I was there, I would have done the same thing. I would have denied him as well. Folks, we may not have been there, but we would have done the same thing. He said, oh, I would never do that. Be careful. Because as you search your heart this morning, you would realize you're weak and you're frail. And without Him, you are nothing. Calvary is a place of sacrifice. The Bible says, but this man, now get this, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of the Father. Christ was a sacrifice for our sins. In the Old Testament, the man brought a sacrifice to the priest to make atonement or covering for the, the sins of the family. And However, Christ came to take away the sins of the world forever. Forever. Christ, Calvary is a place of surrender. Notice at the Garden of Gethsemane, Christ told God the Father, He said, not my will, but thine be done. Christ surrendered his everything. He wanted to be pleasing to the Father. But then Calvary is a place of salvation. Yes, Calvary is a horrific place and disgusting. But it's a place of, it's a place of suffering and shame and sorrow and sacrifice and surrender. But it's also a place of salvation. Jesus went through it all so that you could have salvation. All the sorrow, all the shame, all the uh, suffering, the surrender, everything you went through, what was there because He loved you, for God so loved the world. I love this verse in Acts 28, 28. It's something we need to rejoice in, but I'm going to read it to you. But, it know, but be it known therefore unto you that salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. Folks, that's you and that's me. We're Gentiles. He, he, he went to the cross for you and for me. Meditate on this. Meditate on Calvary, but also upon Christ. There was, you know what made Calvary special? It wasn't because it was a beautiful place. or It was special because Christ. He's the one that made it special. You see, it would be just another place, but Christ 
but Christ. Christ paid it all so that you can have salvation. It was Christ that suffered and was shamed and was sorrowed and, and sorrowed there and sacrificed and he surrendered and provided salvation. He is the one worthy of our praise this morning. But also we need to meditate this morning on our commission. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 he says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The Bible teaches us that once we're saved, we're to go out and tell others. The Bible says in Luke 14, 23, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. The last thing the Lord told His disciples before His ascension, the last thing He said was to go and get people saved and teach them, get them baptized and teach them to do the same thing. That's the whole commission that we're here for. We're not just here to get saved and get baptized, but we're to go out and tell others about the love of Christ and what He had done for us and get them saved, show the, uh, the love of Christ in their lives and, and, and get them saved and then get them to get baptized and get them trained so they can go out and tell others. That's what God has told us to do. But then I believe it's a time to appreciate, meditate, but also it's a time to, this time of the year, it's time for us to evaluate. Mark 14, 19 says this, And they began to be sorrowful, and to say unto him one by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? See, this time of the year, as we enter into 2020, I believe it's time for us to examine ourselves. No one else can answer for you. Brother Agee said last night, he said, they sang a song, the Agee family sang a song. I, I thank the Lord for the Agee family. I, this is a family, you weren't able to come here last night and hear the gospel singing. This is a family that is sold out for Christ. They love the Lord. I mean, they've done a wonderful job, and I appreciate their testimony. He said last night, he said, if I could do it for you, I would. If I could come down there where you're sitting and walk the aisle for you, and pray the sinner's prayer and ask the Lord to save you for you, he said, I would do it. But the thing of it is, is we can't. He can't and I can't. Your neighbor can't. It's up to you. You need to evaluate yourself. The Bible says, let a man examine himself. The Bible says, we're getting ready to partake in the Lord's Supper and says, eat and drink unworthily. I realized this morning I'm unworthy. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, shed for the remission of my sins, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sins, this is talking to say people, if I confess my sins, He's faithful and just to forgive me, to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This morning, folks, listen, listen very carefully. You're not righteous. You're not holy in of yourselves. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you are made holy. I'm made righteous through the blood of Christ. It's nothing that I've done. It's all that He's done. Ask yourself this morning, am I saved? Then ask yourself this, am I serving? 
Am I saved? Am I serving? Then ask yourself, am I sanctified? Am I set apart? Am I made holy for Christ? When we take the Lord's Supper, we're to be right with God, number one. But number two goes hand in hand. You can't be right with God if you're not right with man. We're to be right with God and be right with man. But then number four, it's time to rededicate. This time of the year, we all, most of us will make New Year's vows or New Year's commitments, rededications, or whatever you choose to call it, resolutions, whatever you choose to call it, we, could, we should rededicate our lives to Christ. As I look back over 2019, there's some things that I realize that I should have done better. I should have been more faithful to the things of God. Say, you, Pastor? Yeah, I should have. There's always opportunity for growth in my life and your life. I don't care where you are in your life today, there's always opportunity for growth. There's always room for growth. Brother A.G. said last night, and I keep referring to him because it's fresh in my heart and my mind. He says, I'm 53 years old. He says, if I live to be 70, he says, that's 17 more years that I have for Christ. And he says, you know what? He says, in those 17 years, I'm still not going to know everything I need to know about Christ and everything I need to know about the Bible. What he was saying is this, is that we'll never become all that we should be until we get to heaven. We need to continually grow, continually. It's progressive sanctification. We need to continually grow. We need to rededicate our lives. The Bible says this. Again, I'm going to read this verse or quote it. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So many times when we, when we do something wrong, we just say, you know what, I'm just going to give up. How many of us, don't raise your hands, but how many of us made a New Year's resolution last year and you started January 1st and January the 3rd, it was, it was I'll just start next year. Don't raise your hands. I know every one of you done it. Whether it was a, a, a spiritual commitment or a physical commitment. The biggest thing now is, you know, the, the thing we'd want to do now is, oh, I, I, I want to... On my New Year's resolution, I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year. Well, I probably lost 50 pounds, but I gained 54. So I've done my commitment, right? But it's time to rededicate our lives to the Lord. See, we must admit our shortcomings, or better said, our sin before the Lord. And He will forgive us, and we can start afresh this morning. What better time than now? Then it's time to imitate. After we've, we've had an evaluation that led to rededication, then we should be, begin to imitate the things of God. The Bible says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. This, that is the purpose, is for us to become more and more like Christ. We're to be saved, but then we're not just to be stagnant Christians. We're to grow and become more, we're supposed to imitate. When people look at us, they ought to say, hey, you're a Christian. How many times have you been at a, at a restaurant and you've seen someone pray and you say, hey, there's Christians over there. 
But it shouldn't be just when we pray. It's our walk. It's the way we walk. Hey, I believe people ought to, even the other day, I, I sold something on Marketplace or something, and, and the guy overpaid me $20. He overpaid me $20. It would have been easy because he didn't even realize it. It would have been easy for me just to slip that $20 in my pocket and walked away. But you know what I thought? What a great opportunity to tell about the things of God. And I counted the money, gave him, I said, you overpaid me $20. And he said, I mean, his jaw just dropped. He could not believe that there was somebody that was honest. And I'm not bragging on me, folks. I'm just saying in the world we're living in today, what a great opportunity. It's not just in what we say. It's what we do. It's what we do. It's the life that we live. It's a testimony. Now, I, I believe that our testimonies ought to shine bright in this dark world. When people see us, they ought to say, that's a Christian. There's, there's something different about his attitude. Now, I'm going to get meddling here for a minute. There's something different about his actions. There's something different about his attire. His or her, you can put that attitude, attire. His attributes. There's something different. The Bible says that we are a peculiar people. That means we're not to be like this old world. We're to be different, set apart. I believe it's time that we imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I, it, isn't a, it isn't an insult for me for someone to say, hey, that's a Christian over there. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ this morning. The Bible teaches that Jesus didn't stay in the grave, but praise God, three days later, He arose from the grave. I believe that now is a time that we celebrate. You know, we're getting ready to go into 2020. We celebrate the things that God has done in 2019. God's been good, amen? Well, we need to rejoice because we are closer than ever. We are closer than ever. To be with the Lord. The Bible says three days later he arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. When the, we take the Lord's Supper, the Bible says he do show the de Lord's death till he comes. This time of the year we're, we're to be excited because this is not my home. But I'm passing through. My treasure's laid up somewhere beyond the blue. You see, this is one of the great and precious promises that God has given to us. In John 14... One, it says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, were not so I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Folks, he's coming again. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited and rejoicing in the fact that the Lord has provided hope and he's provided help. The Bible says, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
It's time to appreciate the things that God has done for us. It's time to medicate, or meditate on the things that, that God has done for us. It's time to evaluate ourselves and say, God, I want to be a better servant for you. It's time to rededicate and say, Lord, here I am. I'm rededicating my life. I want to be more, I want to be, do more for you in 2020 than I did in 2019. It's time for me to be, become more like you and imitate the things of Christ. And then it's time to celebrate the victories. This is not our home, but listen, folks, we have some treasures laid up beyond the blue. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. So we think of the Lord's Supper in 2020. I believe it's time for us to get some things in order. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure. I, I have got some questions. I just... I've got some doubts. No one else is looking, just me and you. You say, Pastor, I just don't know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, I just don't know for sure. I've got some questions. I've got some doubts. I just don't know for sure. I've... Pastor, please, I won't embarrass you. I won't come get you. I promise you. I won't do anything to... But you, would you raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me. I just don't know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, would you pray for me? Anyone like that? Would you be honest enough to raise your hand at this moment right now? Right now. Anyone? Pastor, please pray for me. Maybe you're hearing me say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I'm not living for Christ like I should. 2020, I want it to be a year that I dedicate, I will rededicate my life to the Lord. I'm going to start living for Him. I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to start being faithful to church. I'm going to start doing the things that I should because I want to start living for God. Pastor, please, please pray for me. I, I want to I start living for Him. I know there's some things in my past. The Bible says there in 1 John, claim that verse this morning with me. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us. No matter what you've done, He will forgive you and you can start afresh today. Pastor, pray for me. I, I want a I fresh start. I need a fresh start. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saved and you're right where God wants you. I thank the Lord for you. But you know, just like that, we can fall in that slump that rut, I'm going to challenge you to find a place at the altar this morning. Just thank God. Thank God for all that He's done. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Whatever the case, just be obedient to Him. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your love, Your mercy, and Your grace. I want to pray you take this simple lesson, this message this morning, and apply it to our hearts and lives so that we may be better servants for Thee. Lord, I do love You and thank You for everything for the trials, for the troubles, but also, Lord, even for the victories. Lord, help us to be thankful. Help us to, Lord, to rededicate our lives. Lord, I pray that you would just do your work in our hearts and our lives this morning, that you would get the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Miss Haley is going to begin playing softly. Would you stand to your feet? God has spoke to your heart. Right now, find a place at the altar. Right now. God has spoke to you. 
Maybe it's just one. Hey, no one's judging you this morning. Maybe it's just say, I want to thank God for this. I want to thank God for my family. I want to thank God for, for His Word. I want to thank God for His salvation. I don't know what it is that God spoke to you about specifically, but you just want to come and do business with God. Be obedient to Him. a couple announcements as the men come forward take up our uh, uh, offerings this morning. I want to remind you of a couple things. Of course, we'll be taking the Lord's Supper right after the services uh, this morning. Then after our services, our morning services, we're going to go over to Summerfield, anyone that would like to. We've got some cookies to pass out to uh, the residents there, and uh, we're going to uh, sing just a few Christmas carols and let them know that we love them and uh, tell them that of our services, we, we go there the fourth Sunday of every month and just tell them that. And if you would like to come, just sing uh, some Christmas carols and, and some things. Uh, I tell you, this time of the year, those nursing homes, it's probably one of the saddest places, I think, because they get forgotten about often. And so we, we want to just bring a little joy to them. You say, well, I got little kids or whatever. You know, the greatest thing, they love seeing kids. So uh, I, I, I want to make sure that, uh, don't, please don't, 
please come. It would be a great blessing to you and also to them. All right, then also uh, next Saturday, this coming Saturday, we're going to have our prayer breakfast. That's at 9 o'clock. And then on next Sunday is our Vision Sunday. And so we'll uh, be going over our theme and things for the next the next upcoming year. Uh, happy anniversary, Brother Jimmy and Miss Angie Clevenger. And uh, so we praise the Lord for them. Missionary of the Week is uh, Brother Steve Cook. Our Deacon of the Week, Brother Ed Buchanan. Our Family Week, Brother Daniel and Miss Melinda Moulton. And then our Trusty Week, Brother Sean McGinnis. Please remember these folks in your prayers if you would. All right. Uh, Brother Jimmy, sir, would you please ask the blessing? Father, thank you for the blessing to be gathered in here this morning and here with you. Lord, we ask that you prepare our hearts for communion with you, Lord. Our sin is ever against you and in your sight, Lord. We thank you for this precious promise that if we confess our sins, you will forgive us. Yes. Lord, I ask your blessing upon the people. The hospitals are so full, these nursing homes. And Lord, I know sometimes we're overwhelmed, but I know you know each and every one of us. Yes. I just ask their sins be forgiven, their bodies healed, Lord. Now as we take up this offering, we ask your blessing upon it that you multiply it for your use and your glory, Father. We love you and thank you for all these good things. In Jesus' precious name.
I will satisfy the receipt of the Lord, for which I have also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he had been betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup, and made it up, saying, This cup is a new test of my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For that Father, we thank you for this day, Lord, that we can come together in your house uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ and uh, observe the, the Lord's Supper. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, help us be doubly sure that we've uh, made our hearts right with you, Father, and I pray that you would uh, just bring that reconciliation uh, for each person here, Lord, uh, that they would uh, examine their hearts and, and uh, turn from any wickedness in their lives, Father, and I pray that you would uh, just help us to from here, just uh, remembering uh, who we are uh, in your name, and I uh, pray that you would help us to glorify now, you know, we say in Jesus' name, amen. Bible says that they sang him a song, and so my favorite is, I love you, Lord. So let's sing, I love you. 